What is up, Podheads? Back with another edition of the Podio Slate Podcast. My name is Tony. I am joined by Anthony, and we got a couple of special guests in the house, Seth and Sean from Troll. How you guys doing? Doing awesome. What's going on, buddy? You tell us. What's going on with you guys? Well, we've had a super, uh, super busy summer so far. We have, uh, as you guys know, you guys were at our album release party for Cosmic Aquatic. Um, our new EP, and uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind summer ever since that that weekend. We uh, we started off with with Aura, which was just absolutely awesome to be able to play our own show at such a cool room. I was trying to like equate it to it's like being in like like a Star Wars ship in there. Everything's like glowing, and there's Hell like yeah. huge windows, and it's all sparkly, and it's such a such a cool place. Um, and that stage is amazing. Um, so to be able to play our own trawl headlining show there uh, was super cool. And then to continue that weekend with opening for two back-to-back nights in New Hampshire with the band uh, Blackstone Cherry from Kentucky. Those guys were super cool to us. And those were, I mean, Sean, like each show had probably at least a couple hundred people. Like it was, they were busy. Shows. Good show. Yeah. yeah. They, they, uh, the back-to-back shows with Blackstone Cherry were super awesome because it was a chance for us to really test ourselves and our metal against the grind of a three show and three day kind of scenario. And it was really cool. Like we got down to a place called the goat in Manchester, New Hampshire and, uh, showed up. It was hotter than friggin' anything i've been in in a long time and uh they're like oh yeah here's the stage and we're looking and it's like holy shit, that's a tiny friggin' stage and we it was yeah. to be i mean the first time in my life i've ever been literally in a perfect line with all of my band members i had seth to my left adam our drummer was literally to my right and then justin was on this other side of him so i couldn't even get to justin to mess with him and it was it was like a tenth of the space you guys saw of like the civic center. Like it was minuscule. It's probably like smaller than your practice space. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have more room at our practice space. And uh, it was, it was cause you know, so that stage over at, at the goat is normally like a guy with an acoustic guitar or a small, you know, duo or something. But there was, you know, Blackstone Cherry with a full back line, full drum kit. And then we set up our stuff in front of their stuff. So we had, <laughs> no, you know, we no, were just all yeah. in one line, which was, you know, we made it work. You just, you figure out how to still have some stage presence. You just like, you're in your little box. You you can either like jump and have like a little bit, get a little bit of height, or you can like turn slightly without hitting somebody with your headstock of your guitar. And that's that's your box. You got to stay in that box. <laughs> so I got a question. Yeah. How, how does that impact your tightness? Because like you're, are you listening to the monitors? Are there even monitors? Is the PA, the PA is right there. Your yeah. amps are right there. Like how does that, I'm curious. From my point of view, like the monitors, it, it was a sharing process where I could, I had sets in front of me and mine in front of me, but I got more of sets than I did of my own because his amp was behind me. And then my right side was basically just cymbal wash because Adam was right there. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So it was basically just feel what sets going and listen for the 
cymbal wash that I recognized for a song and then just hammer home for, you know, we, we did an hour for three straight nights. Like our EP release was an hour long set and then an hour long set Saturday and Sunday with Blackstone Cherry. So, yeah, wow. that's cool. For for me, the small stage, like, I think it helps tightness for, for bass anyways, because I'm like right next to Adam, our drummer. And, you know, we're able to lock in, like, because we're we're just so close, you can, there's no delay or, or I can tell exactly what he's doing or where he, he's going. So for me as a bass player, it helps, but I can see the challenge from Sean's point of view with cymbal wash and all that stuff, but. Well, cymbal wash for him, and he's a wild man. Like, he, he doesn't like to stay in one little box. He's going to run all over the stage. <laughs> I think that's the harder part for him, yeah. It's like, not yeah. being able to jump all over the place. But that, that genuinely hurt my soul, not being able to <laughs> do what I could to perform. Like, I had a two-by-two two box. I had to make every square millimeter of that two-by-two two box worth something to the crowd and myself. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, being restricted mobility wise like that because of the size of the stage, like we always set out to put on our best show and to, you know, just leave it all on the stage. And when you know you're in a situation like that where you can't move around, it def- definitely messes with your your thought of like, OK, how are we going to deliver the same show that we're used to delivering? I would say in all three shows were very different. Because at Aura, we had a ton of space. I don't know if I've ever had that much space on a stage to, to try to fill. Because usually if we play there, we're playing in front of a, a back line. And somebody else has got the drum riser. And you're on the floor. And you're pushed forward. But we had it was just us by the time we got to, to trawl, uh, as you guys know. So it was like, wow, OK, how, how do we do that? you know, that's a new challenge for us. And then Saturday going to <laughs> zero space and then getting to Wally's on Sunday, I, I almost feel like it was kind of like just right because we had more space, yeah. but not as much space to try to fill. And Sunday went absolutely amazing. Like Wally's was, that crowd was was great. It was a packed house. It was it actually worked in our favor because it was a rainy day. So everybody got off the beach and inside early. Everyone was like ready for a show by the time we played. And obviously we were, it was just us and Blackstone Cherry. So we were, you know, warming them up, getting people ready for them. So it was awesome to have a full crowd for the opener. Cause a lot of, a lot of times people are still milling in, they're still getting their yeah. drinks. They're yeah. still, you know, getting settled in. But I felt like when we hit the stage, people were ready for us and it was Personally, for me, one of the my favorite shows I've ever played, just like bass-wise, being able to, because we're all our own worst critics, when you get off the stage, there's like a million things in your head. You're like, oh, I, I botched that, you know, riff, or there was this timing issue, or this or that. I felt so good about that set. I was like, I'm happy. We can end the weekend with that, that show. I'm good. And I, I felt overall like we really played like amazing at that show. So what do you well, think? I was just going to say what I don't think many like music fans that go to shows realize is the amount of variables the bands are up against for each show. And this, and Sean has a cat that he's petting. So like, <laughs> yeah. 
another another cat on Pawnee Square. It just keeps there's happening. A big stage. There's a barricade, and then you go to. You said the goat, which is no stage, no barricade. Some shows, I'm sure you have monitors. Some you, you don't. Some you can. There's a backline, whatever. Most fans don't realize that, and I can equate it to like imagine tone if we showed up to an episode and you couldn't use your headphones or you couldn't, you know, the, all these different variables. You don't have your regular mic or like mm-hmm. you're in a place with a big echo. You just have to adjust. It's like going to Rob's house and trying to figure it out there because it's <laughs> right. breaking yeah. it all down at home and then putting it all back together. Yep. But most people that go to shows don't realize that. Bands obviously do because you're up against it every show. Well, and, and one thing I, from my point of view is like from what you're saying to try to help explain it, it's like trying to go home and you can't sit on your couch that night, and then the next <laughs> night you can sit on your couch. It's, it's this weird sensation of you get to a new venue, you have to learn the venue as soon as you get there. And like Aura, we knew so well already that it was kind of homey in a sense, and we were able to move around you know, through the building and through the crowd and stuff. And getting to a new venue like the GOAT was like, okay, we got to learn the layout. We have to know like, where's the bathrooms? Where can I get drinks? Where's the, you know, the smoking section, where's the parking. Once you get all that stuff situated, then you have to start working on, okay, let's look at the stage. How are we going to work this through? And just getting onto the stage was like, all right, Seth, you go first, then I'll go. And I have to climb over Adam's bass drum. And then Adam has to go. And then Justin comes on. It was crazy. Never had to do that before. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically like friggin' shoots and ladders just to get onto that. But then we get to Wally's, which we've played, uh, you know, a dozen times or so now. And it was literally absolutely like home. You come in, we know exactly where everything is. We know which bartenders that are going to do really heavy shots and the other ones that are going to do really light drink. <laughs> your couch is there. Your cat's coming yep. up to you on your couch exactly. at the venue. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We know the sound crew really well and you know they they know what we're we're gonna do so they're kind of ready for us and and our stage plot and everything you know what we what we need technical wise and and so it's just yeah and i think the more we play there too it's just become kind of like our home like one of our home base venues to play which is awesome so we we talked about the ep release but we didn't really talk about it the EP's out. It's been out now since well, June 30th uh, on streaming, but yep. before that, about a month before that, so almost a little over two months now, right, for yep. people to have it in their hands. So what's been the prevailing theme? What's been the excited, you know, the thing that you guys have seen the most that you're most excited about? Uh, um, from my point of view, a lot of people are just really into how cohesive all of the songs kind of fit together because this is the first ep we've got that the four of us actually wrote every single song together the last one we had written with our previous drummer and had adam in and do new drums on the first one was we'd already written all the songs with our previous guitarist so had to come in and try to put his spin and flair on things and this one was more of okay you know, Adam wrote his piece, Justin wrote his piece, and uh, a lot of the people that I've spoken to have been like the cohesiveness and hearing how everyone almost feels very comfortable and at home base for each song is is actually really refreshing and it really helps, you know, push the energy and the emotion 
of the songs out through the you know the airwaves. So, and it was a lot of fun to to actually have a nice surprise going kind of skipping to the EP release, standing outside using my friggin' vape, and all of a sudden I hear this guy go, "Hey man!" and I turn and it's fucking Nate. I'm like, That's right. Nate the was in there and here? on the he's on the EP. All three of you guys, which is so, so cool to have all of you together for yeah. for that, and just thankful, you know, because we feel like yes. you know having this been is this our third or fourth fourth time on the on the podcast? I think, I think fourth, fourth, yeah. fourth, you know, and and yeah. just talking to you guys often. You guys have been down to the jam space. We feel like you guys are a part of this. So to have all three of you guys there for our EP release was really really cool, really special. Plus, getting to play the uh, the Nate sound effect, the intro to the CD, while Nate was there and find him in the crowd was <laughs> that was really so nice. awesome. He's still <laughs> blushing. He's still blushing right now. Good, good. Yeah, I have that photo on my phone of you like pointing him out. Somebody took a, an awesome. Was that? Yeah, I think that. I don't know who took that photo. I think it was Chris Cates, our, the okay. guy we hired for photography. So, so uh, shout the out funny Chris part Cates. is, is when I. I'm on stage. I don't wear my glasses. So it's really hard to see distance with the lights in my face. So I'm looking. I thought I saw him. I was about to point. And then I realized it was a woman. So I stopped. <laughs> and it was like, nope, no, no. Oh, there he is. <laughs> so was there any thought to have him do that live? I mean, he wouldn't have done it, but was there... he definitely was, wouldn't yeah. have done it. He wouldn't have done we, it. We, so we were thinking about having him come up on stage and actually like do that. And uh, at one point I was pricing out uh, in like inflatable shark costumes that I was going to put my son who was our roadie that night in (laughs) to to basically start chasing him around the stage. I figured he'd be uncomfortable and my son would be totally mortified having to be on stage pretending to attack somebody. But yeah, there, there was thoughts of it. (laughs) I love that. That you guys are even just, those ideas are flowing i love that <laughs> yeah and you know just like i guess from my perspective on on the album just like prevailing themes like just it's always interesting to see what you think is going to be what people want to hear or maybe like oh this is probably the single and then what people cling to um and what ends up being the song that people really like or or the ones that people request a lot and um so far move i think is is probably in uh, you know in the lead in, in terms of like streams and people like it's starting to feel like one of those songs that we can't leave out of the set for any reason like it's got to be in there and then you know because we love physical music and being able to release it on CD at at Bull Moose um we uh you know just in for the past 10 weeks it's been in the top 10 consistently which is awesome just because it's so hard to keep people's attention spans these days. When you put something out, you know, you figure you have a couple of weeks of their attention, maybe to, you know, get in front of them, show them what your new music sounds like. And then you, you hope that there's some longevity to it. You hope that there's enough interest where other people are going to tell their friends and, and it, continues to sell or do well but to have a 10-week run of of being on the top 10 is, is just so cool so I, I i can't find the thing <laughs> you can't find so, it no i the scarborough and sopo bull moose those are the two i've been to yeah either i'm looking in the wrong spot or it's selling out <laughs> so it's either a main Damn. problem or a, it's a good <laughs> problem that people are buying it <laughs> hmm 
Well, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to make sure they have some <laughs> for sure. Yeah, the best thing to do is check the website because the website will tell you if it's in stock or not. I know the Wyndham Bull Moose has like a local section, and it's it's pretty funny when you start to look through. I, I remember like these bands, and I'm like, oh yeah, I love them, and then. I get way down to the T section and I'm like, oh yeah. And then there's like three trawl CDs front facing, not on the sides. You read the spine. They're all front facing. And it's like, that's cool. Okay. Hi. That's super cool. (laughs) I know you. I know you. Right. Right. (laughs) That's just a sign that they want. They want people to, they catch your eye. The the art is awesome on all of them, but at the same time, the music is, is awesome behind it. So like, Hey, come, come on, grab me and take me for a little spin. Yeah, well, and Bull Moose honestly has been one of the biggest champions for us. All the employees there are just fantastic. They they play our music all the time. We get pictures, you know, of them wearing our shirts and stuff. And uh, I know, geez, it was like a month or so ago, somebody put up like a shark display and our CDs were on the display. And it, it wasn't just like music. There was like movies and comic books and action figures and all kinds of stuff. And then our three CDs were kind of tucked in there and it was like, Oh, that's really cool. And like bull moose has been phenomenal. It was like a shark week end cap. And it had like the Meg that's and cool. jaws and, and a bunch of other like Sharknado. And, and then there was our, our albums up there, which was super cool. So <laughs> we got to get you guys on, on the next Meg movie. I know there's another one coming, but we got to get one of those songs on that. I know we talked, we talked about Sharknado six, but. I think the Meg just keeps happening. So that one for sure. Hey, fine with that. You have to figure out how to get in front of some of these music supervisors for these movies before they're already slated to come out and the right. soundtracks haven't been decided yet. Cause like, I feel like it's a tragedy to not have like car chart on or like Omega rock six on one of these shark movies. So we have to figure out a way to make that happen. I said, I know that there's a video game series called man eater. And it's about a shark. You, you start as a baby shark, and then you have to eat fish and other sharks and stuff, and you grow and you get upgrades. I hope they make a second one and call us. That'd be freaking cool. That would be really cool. Where do we go from here? We can go so many angles. <laughs> <laughs> so you just played a couple of shows with Polka Dot Cadaver, uh, one in, at the Goat again, right, in, in Manchester? Nope. Where was it? Jaskeen in Manchester. Okay. It was in Manchester, though. Yeah, I had the right Vegas, city. baby. <laughs> Sorry, it was in uh, Manchester yeah. with Polka Dot Cadaver, and then again here in Maine and Portland at Geno's. That's correct, right? Yep. All right, cool. Yes. I got that one. How did those go? Oh, my God. They were unbelievable. Getting the opportunity to play for a national band is amazing. Getting to play for a band that you and another member of your band have been almost fangirling about since you realized you both were fans of said band yeah, is unbelievable, especially because Seth and I on like the first long ass road trip we had to take, it was him and I in a car driving to Laconia, which if you've ever driven from anywhere in Maine to Laconia, it's like forever and a day on back roads. And we started talking about music and he had a playlist going and dog fashion disco came up. And that was a band that I was like, oh, my God, I love these guys. Like, I had a sticker on my TV growing, like, in high school. And Seth's like, I love these guys, too. And we, like, hardcore bonded over this really quirky band from Maryland that not Very many quirky. people yeah, yeah, yeah. not many people realize who they are. 
And then Polka Dot Cadavers, just the same guys, essentially, with a new name, doing the same thing, just really quirky, weird music. And getting the chance to play with them was literally like after Sunday night's show, I went and spoke to Jason and Todd, the guitarist and singer, and was like, thank you so much. This From the bottom of my heart, this is like one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had because you guys were literally like one of the reasons I really started to want to get into weirder music and you kind of helped form what this band is now because it's not normal mainstream stuff. It's this weird amalgamation of, yeah, there's some heavy and then there's some funky and then there's some weird shark references. And <laughs> yeah, you know, I felt totally the same way. Like, you know, being able to actually see the like share the stage with them and those clubs are quite a bit smaller than, you know, when we were talking about Aura and, and Wally's, I mean, the Shaskeen is like playing a, a show in a living room. It's like a pretty small Irish pub um, with like a back room that has, you know, just a bar and then a stage and basically room for about, I'd say maybe about a hundred people. And it was pretty packed in. And, uh, you know, Todd spent most of the set the singer uh, down on the floor singing with the people in the audience. And he was just down there with them the whole time. And they played a good mix of, uh, you know, polka dot cadaver songs, but also dog fashion stuff. And they went all the way nice. back to 2002. They went back to like committed to a bright future stuff. They went back to, uh, you know, they played stuff from anarchists of good taste and, uh, you know, everything spanning this last 20 years. And so as like super fans, we were just like, this is beyond cool. And they were really nice guys. Like they're super nice guys. Um, one thing yeah. I will say is they did end Saturday night set with a cover of helmet, which was unbelievably good. And they played that same That's cover awesome. at Sunday night and it was unbelievable. It's still so good. They're just, you know, Super nice guys. Jason, their guitarist, actually uh, lives in Maine now. Um, so that was really cool because when they pulled up, they pulled up with a band that had Maine license plates and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did you guys see them back at the asylum back in the day? Never saw them at the asylum, but I saw them at no. the old Ushuaia in Orono. Oh, nice. Yeah. Back then. And I was supposed to see them at the edge in Augusta, but on the night that they were supposed to play there, there was something wrong with the venue, like the heat, like the heater broke or something. And so, and it was like dead of winter. So they had to cancel it, but I got to see them once at the Ushuaia. Nice. This was my first time seeing them ever because I, I remember seeing that they were coming to Maine, but I was a, dumbass and didn't have a license until i was 21 so i missed a bunch of shows i should have gone to. tony could have brought him he would have yeah back yeah. then we knew each other yeah, yeah that's true shit should have just hit me up man i would say we could have gone with new shoes on bro exactly yeah 991s for, for days my friend god nice. those are so <sighs> yeah they played i saw him once at the asylum i think it was the i think it was the reveille show oh cool reveille, no, yeah. reveille primer and um Darwin's waiting room. No nice. shit. What a bill that's, that is. That's a cool bill. Yeah. I know. Like I, I'd, I'd pay big money for that. <laughs> like right about now. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That's a cool bill. Yeah. And Geno's. Wow. Like, uh, what a Woo! show. It was a wild show. Like, 
Okay, so that's an understatement. So uh, we'll preface by saying we found out that their um, AC was down and out. So we got in there and all they had was fans and it was down down in the thick of it. It was probably a hundred degrees. Wow. So, so that's where it if starts. Yeah. And uh, we had our buds from New York, uh, Prawn, come out to play. So they, they drove all the way up. They're pretty, uh, pretty young guys. And uh, sounds like they had some car trouble on the way. And uh, they, yeah. they, you know, patched it all together and figured out how to get. Um, they had played the Middle East a couple nights before. So they were already, you know, in New England and, and uh, you know, made it up to play the show. And they, they played awesome. Uh, really proud of them. And then um, we we shared both nights with our friends uh, Inverter uh, from Boston, who was another great band. So they put on a great show both nights. And then we we got to play the the sort of uh, I guess money slot you'd call it right before the right before Polka Dot. And uh, the crowd was just crazy. Like honestly, for Geno's for us, this was I'm going to say it was redemption because back at in the early days of Trawl, we played Geno's probably three times to not very many people at all. So I'd say about three people, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. You know, not that we had like lost faith in in Geno's per se, but it's just it's an interesting venue and it's an interesting part of town and it's parking's tough. It's gotta be the right night, it's gotta be the right opportunity, it's gotta be the, like everything has to fall together right for it to go well. And yeah. There was a ton of people, ton of trawl fans, ton of you know polka dot cadaver fans and dog fashion fans, obviously, and it was just kind of electric. Like there was um, just a vibe that you know every single band like Prawn set the bar really high, and then Inverter set the bar really high, and then so like we had to really deliver the energy, even though it was a hundred degrees. So we were like, okay, we gotta you know, pull out all the stops and, and deliver the best show we can. And then, you know, obviously polka dot gets up there and absolutely just destroys. So it was, mm-hmm. it was one for the books and there was a few fights that happened. Uh, there was <laughs> even, there oh, was a even, Gino show, baby. Yeah, yeah, Gino. There, there was even, a, there was one gentleman who had his eyebrow. I like to say circumcised. That thing was blown open. <laughs> it was, I don't know what happened. All I know is I saw a friend of mine uh, who I think he works part-time at Geno's. He comes running out with this guy, like dragging this dude. So I went into, you know, rescue mode and, and I grabbed the guy by the belt and started helping him, you know, helping this beaten up dude. We get out to the front and his eyebrow was just gone. He, he basically fell onto one of the stairs down the very front of the stage like oh yeah right on that metal he busted his eyebrow wide open i was like <sighs> well we've never had blood at a trawl show so this is a new one yeah um, that was definitely a new one do it long enough you're gonna ha- you're gonna have all that stuff so that's yeah. a good thing and we yeah. actually for the first time ever we had a pit in front of trawl when we were playing so nice. that was that was new too but yeah things things got a little crazy on a sunday night of all things too let's 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 not I know that, that, that's that. Tony and I's excuse country. for not going. It's oh, I, I was in I was in Vermont. Oh, yeah, you have a different excuse. <laughs> yeah, if I if I had been in Maine, I probably would have gone. I probably would have gone. Yeah. I think that's why we were even it's more a- surprised because you know 
we knew it was a tough sell Sunday night. It's like, that's hard. But with a touring act, you're like, okay, well, they don't come to Maine often. So maybe people will turn out for it. And they did. And, you know, we, we ran into it. Like I talked to a couple of people that were like, yeah, you know, I work third shift and today's my day off. So I, I always forget about the fact that like a lot of people don't work like a traditional work schedule and things like that. So the ones that the people that like normally can't come out because they're working on Saturday night were able to come out. So it was, it was kind of cool. So what's next for you guys? What, what, what's popping off here pretty soon? Ooh. Ooh. Well, so thanks to you guys, I think we've already mentioned this once. Um, later on this year, way in November, we're actually playing with Taproot. Don't blink, man. That's three months away. It's coming. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. We're, we're playing that's with, at Wally's? We're opening for Taproot. That's at Wally's, yeah. So, and they, uh, we're excited about that. I mean, come on. It's Taproot. So Friday, November, Friday, Third. November 3rd, Third. we are opening for the Mighty Taproot. So excited. You know, those guys just kicked off their tour. I think they've played two or three dates of the, the 18, 20 or so that they have. And uh, it's cool to see them get back and going again after, I think, I'm going to say it's like six years since they've been out there. I know they have. They think they just dropped a new single, or they're about to, and uh, seems like they're building momentum, building steam. I know their their album release shows of all three of them have sold out, so we haven't gotten any numbers, but I think tickets are selling pretty well for Wally's, and we're just excited to be able to support. They added uh, Dead by Wednesday to the bill, so um, they'll be on as well as uh, Eva Under Fire, who they've got quite some momentum right now, and they've got quite a following, so. Mm-hmm. Really excited to play that show. I know Eva Under Fire, the uh, Itch guys, told us to say hi to Eva and all them. So we will do that, you know, when we see them November 3rd. Are we shouting out the Itch again? Let's do it. Shout out the Itch. We, we love out the Itch. itch. St. Louis, stand up. <laughs> yeah, go go check out the Itch. They are uh, our brothers from another mother. The Itch Rocks podcast. Go check them out. But yeah, that that's exciting. Like, Actually, at the time of recording this, Taproot just dropped another song today. Yes, and, uh, yes right. I, I listened to it, and it, it sounds like the Taproot that we all know and love. So. Yeah. And you know what Phil told us back in April? The first song is to kind of get you, this is where we're at. We're, cal- we're recalibrating. We're going to give you what we sound like. The second song is, <laughs> all right, this is building momentum. And the third song is going to knock your socks off, too. So. They've got some more up their sleeve, I'm sure, knowing, knowing those guys. And I'm excited for that show just because uh, Taproot back together to get to hopefully say hey to Phil, obviously see you guys crush before, and check out uh, you know Dead by Wednesday and Eve Under Fire as well. It's going to be a badass night. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep, can't wait. And then backing up a little bit one month into October, we've got a really cool show planned that we haven't told anybody about yet but we wanted to tell we wanted to come on here and tell you guys yeah we had to tell you guys you guys are like another set of our champions that you know you guys get first dibs essentially so thank that, you thank you all right tone insert <laughs> drum roll now i will put that right here <laughs> october 20th we're going to be doing the first ever trolloween show Ta-da! nice sean and i have been talking about doing a Halloween show actually since that same road trip that we were talking about yep. when we both discovered that we loved like dog fashion, just going polka dot forever. We came up with the the name, you know, Trolloween 
So we finally figured it out. We're going to be doing our own show for Halloween, Friday, October 20th, and it will be at Lost Valley Brewing in Auburn. And what's really cool nice. is we're col- we're getting to collaborate with Lost Valley to have our own beer. There it is. Yeah. Another one? I love it. I'm, I love another it. one. So uh, for those out there who don't know, a couple of years ago, Troll got to have our own beer at Yes Brewing in Westbrook, rest in peace. Um, they uh, were around for I'm going to say four or five years, and then we we uh, you know had had our beer released there, um, and then shortly thereafter, like maybe less than a year later, the the brewery closed. So we had this really cool thing happen where we we got this opportunity to to have a beer, and then brewery closes. So we were like, okay, we have to figure out a way to do this again. So Lost Valley Brewing agreed to to do a limited release uh, trial beer for our show, um, and they they are going to make up some cans, I think, just for that night, and then make a small batch. So hoping it goes well, and they it's something they want to uh, continue to make and continue to do with us. But yeah, we're and, super and excited. I think the fun part for me is the fact that they actually asked us that we have to come in to help them brew the beer. Ooh, I was gonna Ooh, say, do you guys get a say? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's fucking awesome. They've given us like a couple of options, and we get to kind of decide what we want to do, um, which is cool. I mean, it is Halloween, and I, I'm a geek. I, I want the pumpkin ale. You know, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a in. basic white. Beer. I'm in. I love pumpkin beer. <laughs> yeah, we're we're considering they're they're considering doing a double pumpkin, like an eight and a half percent. Like double pumpkin, so we're that'd be something. We're we're considering that option. They also threw out a, a like a double IPA, which the the pumpkin is a little bit more my thing. I'm a I'm a like a wheat beer yeah. kind of guy for the most part. Love well, Allegash, that's, that's, like that. That's pumpkin but, season, so maybe maybe that's yeah. the way. Go go, exactly. go double double pumpkin, man. Like yeah, throw yeah. a little uh, throw a little ice cream scoop in there. Throw a little whipped cream oh, on top. Ooh. That'll be a pretty. That'd be a nice little yeah. uh, warmer in uh, late October. Yeah. Pumpkin spice trolte. Exactly. <laughs> That's the best I could come up with, guys. That's that day hey, we're you know, trademark that shit and we'll freaking work with you. Nice. <laughs> Another real fun aspect of that is uh it's no cover charge. And they're allowing us to have an all ages event. So they will be That's serving cool. beer, but it's also a restaurant kind of brew gastro pub kind of scenario where they'll have food and stuff. And they're allowing us to do it all ages, which is just so awesome because I know we have a lot of people who have kids who their kids are kind of into us and they like to listen to Trawl because it's, you know, it's not as scary as some of daddy's other music (laughs) or mommy's music, you know, and uh, having all ages is cool. One thing, I mean, Tony and I, we've chatted with, I don't know, 100 bands at this point and a reoccurring theme more recently than ever is there's no rules. Do whatever you want. Do a beer. Do it all ages. Do it at a brewery. Do whatever the fuck you want. You know? Yeah. You, you, you write the book. We're trying. <laughs> Super excited about this. Um, and what's cool is so there's two other bands out there in Maine that share members with Troll. And both of them are going to be playing the show also. So our drummer, Adam, is in the band Loki. I was actually in that band with him for seven years prior to being in Troll, and uh, 
So Loki's going to be playing with us, and our guitarist Justin is in the band Division North, and they'll be playing the show as well. So it's going to be a really cool, tight-knit family show with basically all three of the, I'm going to say Troll family bands, you know, kind of uh, playing the same show. So I'm, I'm excited because they're they're all friends of ours and, you know, have been huge supporters of us as well. So, you know, it, re- it really means a lot to be able to kind of put everybody on one show and, and do this cool thing where we get to actually have a say and, and, you know, make all the details and, you know, hire the sound guy and hire a photographer and, you know, have uh, control over a show like that, which is kind of cool because, you know, playing in Portland and playing, you know, a lot of club venues, opening for nationals, doing that stuff there, you don't often get to like really be in control of all the, the details and stuff. So it's cool to be able to really have one where you can put it all together. So October 20th at Lost Valley Brewing, Seth, that's where that is, Sean? Yes. Yeah. Sweet. So keep an eye out for that. Get your schedule in order so you can go. It's no cover. Get in there, get some food, get some beer, try this, the double smash pumpkin, whatever they end up making. and uh, Bring your kids. Bring your kids. <laughs> hide your kids, hide your wife. Do it all. <laughs> do it. Yeah, that's it. We are stoked to have you guys back. As always, we love talking with you guys. I mean, you're friends, too. It's not just about the uh, the podcast here. We're we're happy that the Troll Camp is doing big things. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate, you know, being able to come on here and just hang out and talk. And thank you all for everything you've done and allowing us to use your voices on a couple EPs. And, you know, Seth and I have some pretty cool plans for the future of Troll and, and our next release that we're already working on. So Troll never sleeps. Where can people uh, find you? I mean, we'll put it all in the show notes, but where can people find you online? Well, the main hub is trawlband.com. That's our website. It has everything from Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter X, whatever the hell it's called now. It's got our YouTube links. So trawlband.com will get you there. It'll get you everything. Um, has our web stores and links to all our music. Perfect. Boys, thanks again. We will definitely be seeing you soon. Thanks so much for having us. Yes, sir. Thanks, thanks guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to Patio Slave. We are at Patio Slave on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places that you can find us on social media. Facebook, Patio Slave Podcast. YouTube, Patio Slave Podcast there. Email us at patioslavepodcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you want to become a supporter, click on the link at the bottom of the episode and give us a dollar, give us five bucks, keeps the lights on, keeps us going. We really appreciate that stuff. Thank you. There's been so many, like, pre-orders lately, like, been getting so, so many music. vinyl pre-orders like one day in the future i'm gonna have such a great mail haul <laughs> <laughs> someday at a time undetermined like because you just you you know sign up for these vinyl pre-orders and it's like expected to ship you know next next October, July. and you're like okay yeah. great <laughs> but just when you like forget about it then then it, it shows show up, up in the, the mail show. Yeah. oh shit what is this Right, what I forget, and it's this twelve by twelve. My wife's like again, and I'm like, "Yep, another calendar." I, like, I, lo- exactly. I love these calendars; they're so good. How many 2024 calendars do we need? <laughs> all of them until 2025 happens. Then we need them all next year. Exactly. Now, yeah. There's a million fucking records this year too. So it's, I mean, shit, stuff just keeps coming out. So yeah, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna do a GoFundMe just for me. Uh, just for us. We should actually do that. We for should records. Just, as a joke, for put that up. As, for a, as a joke, put that up as a post and be like, if you want to fund our our nerdery. <laughs> So, or at band practice, I came to the guys and I was like, I, fa- I have our next album title. And they're all looking at me and I was like, only fins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's only fins. That's perfect. That's perfect. 